How long, O Lord? Is the words put on the prophet Habakkuk's voice today. How long, O Lord? It's a lamentation found in a number of the prophets as well as in some of the Psalms, and indeed in many Christian hearts throughout the course of our days, is this lamentation of our patience as being tested. Lord, how long? How long do I have to wait? How long do you answer? How long do my prayer get some sort of response from the heavens? How long do, the, do we have to wrestle with this illness? How long do we have to do this or that? How long, O Lord? It's a reality that, again, we wrestle with these things. And in the, in the conclusion to the reading, it's an invitation to see ourselves as one of two persons, perhaps either to be the rash or to be the just. The rash are those who would simply go into to look for something new. If the Lord's not moving, I'll make something happen. If the Lord's not going to answer me, I'll make my own thing happen, right? So it's this, this fact that we experience this temptation to be able to, to kind of uh, to get rid of our impatience by simply doing things for ourselves. Not to place our trust in the Lord and persevere in it, but rather to place our trust in our own, our own things, our own ingenuity. Other times, there are times where we are invited to join ourselves and to show ourselves the just, right? Those who have faith, those who, who persevere in the midst of these trials and this waiting that happens. It's a simple fact of things that we can experience this in a variety of ways. Sometimes a, a greater temptation will be to be able to, as one is questioning how long, O Lord, that one will simply give up the faith. Many people have, have given up the, the faith and gone, maybe go find a, another church to join that might, that might you know, give, you, give you something different, a different experience of things. But sadly, many people will go to, to all these kind of new, new age things in the world today and go to mediums and psychics and tarot card readers and all these kind of things that really are, are just simply opening doors to the demonic. But the devil loves to provide for us because then we think that the Lord is fine with us, right? And then the reality is that we kind of begin to be enslaved to the reality of sin, even more so. And so it's the, it's the, the evil one who loves to see us fall away and to seek after our own thing, to seek the things that the world might offer us as answers to the things for which we pray. There's also ways in which even within our Catholic faith, we can try to do this. So, you know, if, we're, if, if persevering in our prayer, things don't seem to work out, maybe we'll find, a, we'll find a new novena, we'll find a new prayer, we'll find a new this, that, or the other thing, and that'll be the thing that'll fix it, right? And so we can have this tendency or this desire within our heart to look for new things, to look for something fresh, something exciting. When in fact today, the scriptures invite us to go to the roads that have been tested, the ones that have been proven to be true. This is what we see in our second reading today, the reading from St. Paul to St. Timothy. As Paul's writing to Timothy and encouraging him, he says, stir up the gift that you have received by the laying on of hands. Stir up the gift, fan it into flame, stir it into flame, right? It's kind of that imagery that we recognize as we're, we're I think we're in fire weather here, all right? It's, it's the time of year where you start to light fires, if, even if it's not cold enough, to make us feel like it's at least cold enough to, to, to feel like it's winter or, or fall or almost winter, right? And so, you know, as the fire dies down, there's the bed of embers that are still the glowing, glowing and burning there, but the fire isn't coming up, right? It's just the embers. And so it's, you know, we, you know if you take and you stir it up a little bit, you get some oxygen in there, the flames come back up. 
And this is what St. Paul is inviting Timothy to, to recognize and to do for himself. It says that there, there's still fire in you. Stir it up. Bring it to life again. Bring some, breathe some air into the soul and allow the gift that you've been given to show forth new life, to be revived. This is what our Lord also is telling the disciples today. I kind of feel bad for the apostles in, in, our, in our gospel today because it seems like they, they're perpetually struggling, right? You know, uh, there's always, they're always doing the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing, going in the wrong direction. And it seems like they finally figure things out, right? They come with a request to our Lord that seems a sensible one. You know, Peter certainly has been called, O ye of little faith by our Lord. And so it seems reasonable that you would go, okay, <laughs> ye of little faith. Yes, I, I'm lacking in faith. So Lord, increase my faith. You'd think that the Lord would be like, good, you finally picked up the message. When in fact he says, no, use the faith you have. And just when you think you got it, you missed it again, right? The Lord says, no, use the faith that you have. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be planted in the sea, and it will listen. We don't need new things, new faith. We need to allow the faith that we live follow all the faith that's been planted in our hearts, to allow these things to come alive, to make sure that they don't simply die out and become embers that only become ashes, but rather to make sure that if they're embers, that they can become flame. It's to recognize that which has been given to us and to keep it going, not always to look for the new thing, but rather trusting in that which has been tested already, to be able to turn to our Lord and to know that faithfulness is what we need. Perseverance is what ought to increase within us, that our faith might continue to be inflamed. I would suggest there are three particular places in our, in our living of our Catholic faith in which we can become kind of used to our experience of faith, in which the Lord may be inviting us to come and to stir it up again, to bring flames alive within our soul. The first one is here at Holy Mass. The Mass is the most beautiful thing on this side of heaven. It is the most incredible prayer. It's the most powerful prayer of the church. It's the most powerful prayer exists because the prayer of Christ our God. It is the most wonderful thing. And it is full of so many gifts, so many treasures awaiting us. And yet, it could be a thing which becomes rather normal to us. Just by our regular experience of daily life, it can become the thing as kind of a, an anchor piece in our weekend, and thanks be to God if it is. But sometimes even the most wonderful of gifts we can begin to take advantage of or kind of presume upon that it becomes so normal to us that it doesn't strike us in the same way. As St. John recounts from his revelation in the book of Revelation, the Lord calling to one of the communities and he says, you've lost your first love, you've forgotten it. You've grown cold a bit. And how easy it is for us to do the same with Holy Mass, to come here week after week and to hear many of the same things, to do many of the same things. And it can become normal for us, ordinary things. If this is the case, it is for us to stir it up within our own hearts, to contemplate what happens here, sometimes to be able to read or watch videos or watch various reflections, to contemplate, to spend time looking at what we say and what we do here week after week, to allow these things to inflame us once more. 
there are countless commentaries and reflections on the rites of Holy Mass. I have three bookshelves if you're ever looking for things to read on the Mass. (laughs) I've got years worth of reading for you just sitting upstairs. Let me know when you have free time, right? There's always more that can be learned. It is a well that will never run dry. And it's for us to make sure that we continue to go frequently to this wonderful well and to drink deeply of it. The second thing for us that is a gift of our faith that, again, can sometimes become dry for us is that of the sacred scriptures. The scriptures, again, are a tremendous well that is just waiting to be plumbed. It's just the, the, the Lord has so many gifts for us in the sacred scriptures, and yet sometimes we simply neglect them, not even picking up the Bible itself, or whenever we pick it up, it becomes only a surface-level reading. It's the fact of our, of our Catholic faith that we have a regular cycle of readings, and so we hear the same stories again and again and again. And the fact is that how easy it is for us whenever we hear the first few words of the story to go, oh yeah, I know that one, and then it kind of clicks out, right? Because we're used to it. We've heard it before. And how easy it is for us to miss something where the Lord wants to speak to us. Because again, St. Paul tells us that the Scriptures are a word that is living and effective. It's not a dead letter that, that you know, some individuals wrote several thousand years ago, and we just kind of recite it every now and then, and, and, you know, it's, and it's just there for us just to kind of think about things, how they used to be but rather it's the fact that God still uses His Word today to speak to our hearts. If we're willing to listen and listen attentively, every time we read sacred Scripture, there is a way in which God is desiring to speak to us. Again, we can be frustrated sometimes when it seems like the Lord doesn't answer us very well or the Lord doesn't respond and we don't ever hear His voice. And He's already spoken to us and it's several hundred pages long. It's a tremendous love letter that he's given to us in the Holy Gospels and in the the Old Testament and epistles as well. It's for us to be able to read these things and to listen to them. I can't tell you the number of times for for myself in in reading over the the scriptures, how it seems like if I didn't know any better that there was a revised version of the Bible that they somehow snuck words in because I never seemed to have caught that before. Even in preparing the gospel, and 12 years, 12 years ordained now, so, you know, at least four times preaching every single gospel uh, through the Sundays of the church year, and yet how many times reading through it again, it seems that I've never heard that passage. It seems fresh and new each time. That's because the Lord is approaching me differently each time. I'm in a different place each time. And so the words mean something differently, and this is for all of us. Because for us, whenever we read the sacred scriptures or whenever they are proclaimed at Holy Mass, to be able to, as best as we can, which is a difficult thing, listen to them as if they were reading for the first time. Not to simply kind of look at the first few lines and go, oh yeah, I know that story, but rather to listen and listen attentively to every single word because there is not a single word in sacred scripture that is not important for us. Every word has a mystery for us to dive into. And to be able to listen to these things is a great gift. Again, much nourishment for our souls. The third thing that I would encourage you to reflect upon as as an invitation to see a road that is tested and true is the praying of the Holy Rosary. The Rosary, of course, we we know the prayers, right? 
the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be, and a few other prayers that are tacked on before and after and throughout. But this is not the most important piece of the rosary. It's not simply allowing the words to come off of our lips. Again, our blessed Lord tells us, don't babble like the pagans do, right? So if we're simply saying words because we say words, if we say words just because they're coming off our lips, because we have to say our 53 Hail Marys, because there are, there, you know, that's the number of beads there, then we've missed the point. Certainly there's some grace in it, but, but there is much more grace if we're attentive to what is taking place in the Holy Rosary. Because the rosary, if you know the concluding prayer at the end, it prays that as we're contemplating mysteries, that the fruits of those mysteries might increase within us. The gift of the Holy Rosary is not so much that it's just a, a consistent and regular thing that we can, we can kind of get through without having to think about the words. It's that, those, that that gift of being able to think about it, you know, to, to not be focused upon the words because they can become so rote and... and, and uh, machine-like to us, but it's the fact that we're able to contemplate the mysteries at every moment, that you don't have to be sitting in and kneeling in the chapel to be able to pray the Holy Rosary. You don't have to be, you know, simply in a posture of prayer. You can be, you know, in your, at work, you can be at break, you can be in your car, you can be anywhere you want, and the Rosary is right there at hand, and we can call before us the image of the life of Christ, because this is the fruit. It's contemplating the life of Jesus where we look at him and we're able to see what takes place in the life of Christ and the life of Our Lady and those others who were included in the praying of the rosary and imprint them upon our own hearts and our minds. It's not the words that are most important. It's the mysteries. Contemplating the mysteries, contemplating the life of Christ. Because every mystery, every, every mystery of the rosary has a particular fruit that it intends within us. It wants to produce something for our soul. And this is what we need. And this too is why it's one of those wells that will never be completely drunk. There is always more. There's always something more waiting for us. And so as we offer these holy mysteries, is to give thanks to God for this invitation for us also to stir into flame the gifts that we have received, the gift of our faith, of Holy Mass, of the sacred scriptures, of the Holy Rosary, these things that are some of the most valuable things in the world and yet are so regular for us that they can become commonplace and they can lose the luster in our lives. May God grant us the grace today to be renewed in these things, to be encouraged in our living of our faith, especially during this month of the Holy Rosary, to be able to consider where is the place of the rosary in our family life or my individual, personal, spiritual life, to pray for the grace to increase in the praying of the rosary not simply, again, for the words, but because they bring us in union with Christ. They are the encounter with God, the living God, who continues to speak to us through his word and meets us here in the sacred liturgy. May God grant us these graces today through the loving care of Our Lady, the Holy Rosary.